Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem? Tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's around this town tonight. Welcome to the Formula Sports Talk. We are live. It is a Thursday morning. You gotta be me. I am just walking in the <laughs> studio. Perfect timing. Perfect timing is always good. You know, if you're playing in a uh, major league sports, as I'm chewing gum while I'm on air, you're playing in major league sports. If you just get in here, you are late. <laughs> if you are 15 minutes early, you are late. Well, I apologize, global world that's <laughs> listening to the Kwame Sports Talk with Alex Clancy, but the traffic in Arizona is just bad. I, 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 I don't hold it against you. I come from, I, I get off Queen Creek to the 10, and I come all the way down. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'm flying through. It's almost like NASCAR. Just, I'm just gone. Then I get to Ray Road and it all stops. And it's the worst. It's like a dead stop. It's like a parking lot. So I do all my detours, get off from Ray Road, go down to Warner, uh, go through the built, go, go through the, uh, what is that, Arizona? Arizona Mills? Grand. Arizona oh, Grand. Uh-huh. Then come down baseline and all that nonsense. Anyway, I'm here. We got a live show. We got some uh, football. We got some baseball, basketball to talk about. Um, it's raining. Oh, it rained yesterday in Arizona. I was in Steve Young's golf tournament. Great prizes. This guy give away. It, it's, it's one of my favorite tournaments to get be in. Uh, and it's golf, too, on top of that. But he does well. And I'm adapting his, uh, his method. There's no losers in the tournament. You know, most tournaments have 144 players. So it's two, it's two on every hole, which means it's going to be a long day. But what he did was got a bunch of prizes. Put 16 group, sixteen groups in the tournament of four and just gave away everything. It gives away everything. First place, if you win, come in first place, then you're the first group to go up so you get the choice of your best prizes, which is awesome. So I'm going to adapt that, keep my tournament small, bring the money up, raise a lot more money, give it out. 888-346-9144 is the number. You want to get into some basketball first? Yeah, I do. Basketball. I'm watching last night, uh, a little bit of it, because I'm dead tired. I'm still tired right now, exhausted. But I, um, what was interesting, you know, a lot of teams at this point are getting into playoff modes, and unfortunately for the Suns, that I don't know what their playoff mode is uh, to be losing at home. But the uh, San Antonio Spurs, <laughs> a minute into the game, and I watched it. I've seen some of this. It was only 4-0. It was only 4-0, Golden State, and Popovich calls a timeout. I don't know what he said over there. Uh, but he called a timeout and probably just to motivate the guys, let, let them know we are probably better than this team or this is not how we start a game if we're the San Antonio Spurs. They do have a franchise 19 straight win. Uh, but most teams or some coaches, if you're in this caliber of a playoff mode or caliber of team mode that the uh, Suns is in, if you are that type of team, then I can see a ploy, I mean, different ways of doing it to get your team ready and refocus but it took only, it was only down by four. It was 4 0, uh, even though Golden State came down and hit those points. This, was a, this is what a lot of coaches, in their own way, probably need to do or just let their team play it off. But I don't, I don't know. It's just something. Popovich is always a different coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach. They're a different team. They don't get their marketing, don't get their media uh, attention. But this is one of those teams that you see in the finals most year, year out. Yeah, I mean they look good. I mean there's nothing there's nothing really else to say besides that. I mean I I think that I think that um 
with Popovich, if, if if they clinch the number one overall seed and they have twenty four wins in a row, he'll sit the guys. Like he doesn't care about a win streak at all. Um, and, and that is one of the best parts about him. And you can see that it's 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 uh it's been tested over and over every year that you know nobody even talks about them. We haven't talked about them at all. All they do is keep winning. That's like we'll say, oh yeah, they won fifteen in a row. Next. Uh, let's talk about, you know, whatever, LeBron. I mean, that's pretty much what media today is, and they, they wouldn't have it any other way. And, and I think that it's interesting at the time that they're going on this win streak because, again, we talked about this a couple days ago. Last year, or two years ago, they went on, on a 12-game winning streak or something um, to end the year. They won the first four games of their series, the first series, and then they lost the next series. So peaking too early is really a thing, even for a veteran team like this, because the baskets aren't, the balls aren't going to go in all the time. And th- they've been hot from the field. They've been playing good team basketball. But if there's a monkey wrench thrown into the plan, it'll be interesting to see how they come out of it. I mean, they have as of right now, they have Memphis in the first round, and I mean, there's a three-way tie for the seven, eight, nine seed. Uh, Phoenix being the odd man out with the tiebreakers, and Golden State's only two games up. So if Golden State drops, nobody wants to see Golden State. So Golden State could be the monkey wrench that San Antonio doesn't want to see as the eight seed. And this is not the time where you sit your players out. It's too close to the, um, you don't want to mess up the continuity, the rhythm that they have over in San Antonio. Uh, and you mentioned one of the things, this is when San Antonio gets the most media because at the end, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, you find this team right there in the mix. You find them probably number one or number two at the end of the year. As Every year. For the record or for the seed. And, and no one talk, talks about them during the season. And I guess, and they, you never hear them complain about that. So I guess that's how you like it. Don't talk about us. Don't worry about us. But at the end of the year, we'll be right there. Nobody, it's just like they're living in the early 2000s, like when they were winning championships and things in that regard. And everybody's trying to do this new day and age philosophy on basketball and sabermetrics and all that crap. These guys are doing what it took to win when they were winning championships in the late 90s and early 2000s. They haven't changed anything. They do it all organically. They they draft everybody, cultivate them like the Steelers do. I know the Steelers is, is your uh, your example when we talk about when we talk about drafting and just cultivating people through the draft. That's what the Spurs do. They don't make these blockbuster deals. They don't pay guys $200 million. They don't do any of this stuff. They just win basketball games and win championships. And talk about trading their best players. Right, and need, and need a big three to win. Yeah. They, their big three has been the same big three since 2000. I think here's, here's the, it, it has been. Here's their big three, and I'll say their bench. That bench is one of their big threes because those guys come in and they contribute. They don't... The team don't fall far behind when the bench come in or the team, they keep the lead or they take the lead. That's what you want your bench to do to be able to give your superstars some rest. Yeah, and they have, they have two co-captains and a head coach is the third captain. You know, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, that's what it's been. That's what it's continued to be until Tim Duncan retires, which will be a sad day for basketball because he yeah. might go down as a top one or two best power forwards in, the, in NBA history. If he wins another championship, I would 100% put him there. And for those who don't know basketball, watch basketball, or not a historian of basketball, they'll never say he was one of those guys, and all you have to do is look at his numbers. You'll never say he was Magic Johnson or uh, Larry Bird. You'll never be able to say he's one of those guys because he doesn't get that, that market media uh, atmosphere that those guys got. Right, he's not, he's not an but extrovert. His, but his he, numbers will be yeah. uh, as such. He's averaged a double-double forever, right. and if he wins another one, he'll have as many championships right. as Magic Johnson right. and Kobe and Shaq. Oh, Shaq has six. Shaq has six. Shaq has five. Shaq, Shaq has five. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, oh, no, four. I think Shaq has four. He has three with the Lakers and one with Miami. I think that was it. Yeah, and, well, Kobe has five, right? Kobe has yeah. five. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they never mentioned his name, but he's that guy. He have that many rings. Um, uh, he, if if he doesn't get another championship, he still could be mentioned. But because he's in San Antonio and they never get the media until it's playoff time, and this team is always the number one seed or number one in the league as far as their their record is concerned. The New York Knicks found a way to creep into the eighth spot. This is what everybody was worried about, and we talked about this on Monday. That they look so good. They look, well because everything was going. Chandler in. Tyson Chandler looked healthy. Yeah, you know what? And maybe Active. maybe they were just buying their time. I mean, Phil, you can give zero credit to Phil Jackson at this point. People are going to try to. They went on this little win streak. They were on a winning streak before he came in. They're the best team. They're the fifth best team in the East, in my opinion. Take Charlotte out. Take Washington out. You know, I would even say Toronto to a certain extent. You don't have that game changer. And if again, if they get hot, Indiana's not going to want to see them. Miami's, I mean, Miami could probably handle them. Indiana's not going to want to see them. So Indiana, as the two seed, it might be better off than, than actually winning the, winning the uh, conference. Giving Phil Jackson credit for this will be only market, yeah. market two. Sure. Um, Tyson Chandler also mentioned a couple of days ago that if we get in the playoffs, it's going to be some trouble. And that sounds crazy the way they play it all year, but it's the playoffs. And you're looking at these teams, they're supposed to be the team like the Indiana Pacers. They will have to face. Well, they won't. They have to face the uh, Miami Heat. The New York, New York Knicks will have to face the Miami Heat as it is right now. But they're yeah, tied. Miami they're and tied. Indiana are tied, and they get to play each other again at the end of the, the last game of the season. So that can go either way. Uh, but the Indiana Pacers found a way to win. But if the New York Knicks playing the Indiana Pacers, I'm looking for the Knicks to come out that series. Yeah, and it, and it'll be interesting. That'll test the gumption of Indiana. That'll test Paul George as the superstar. That'll test. A lot of things that'll take, and Frank Vogel is now no longer the coach of Indiana. He got reassigned to be somewhere else in the mm-hmm. in the franchise, and Larry Bird's going to come down and coach. This seems like a Pat Riley thing with San Van Gundy in Miami. Pat Riley had a lot more um, a lot more success as a coach, obviously with the Lakers and then with the Knicks. But they ran into Jordan, obviously, so he didn't win a championship in New York. He won plenty of championships in LA. He can handle talent. He can fuse guys together, and we'll see if Larry Bird can do that. And I mean, who knows? They might they might catch flash in the pan at this point, and Larry Byrne might take them. I mean, it, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Amari Stoudemire is maybe the reason why the Knicks. Then maybe that was a little bump because he's healthy now, quote unquote healthy. He he's and Tyson, like, he and Tyson Chandler, right? And he looks like his old self to a certain extent. I mean, he, it's still a shell mm-hmm. of when he was twenty three, twenty four, but he looks serviceable. If he can get twelve and ten a game. The Knicks are a completely different team because they have two low post guys to go with Carmelo and Jared Smith. If you play in a Mars and he's getting 12 to 15 points a game and he's playing about 30 minutes, that is a serviceable Amara Stoudemire. That's the guy you we, the Phoenix Suns had at, at a lower, at a at a uh, more condensed level as far as keeping them healthy throughout the playoffs. Uh, this guy, you look at uh, Stoudemire, you look at Tyson Chandler, J.R. Ryder, J.R. Smith. I'm saying J.R. Ryder. He lives here in the Valley. J.R. Smith, yeah. It's no longer with the antics, no longer playing around. It's all about basketball now at this point. Um, and I don't know, you know, when, when a new coach or, or a new GM or head of, head of basketball atmosphere and Phil Jackson coming in, when that comes in, a lot of nonsense stops. Unless you're just adamant about wanting to be traded. Um, J.R. Smith has stopped the antics. He's playing basketball. Uh, this guy, um, we talked about Carmelo, who's, who shoots lights out, who has a shooter's touch always. But I don't know if he shows up every game, and this is why the Knicks are sit, sitting here in the eighth place. The Atlanta Hawks has fell off. That allows them to catapult to the eighth spot. And I think it is true. 
You got the Miami Heat probably facing them, or you got the Indiana Pacers facing the uh, New York Knicks. Because I don't think the New York Knicks are going to fall out of that eighth spot the way they're playing late in the season. Yeah, I mean, and they did shoot 60% from the field last night, which is mm-hmm. kind of a premonition. Like, that's not going to happen every night. They're not going to jack them from three and make as many as, uh, as they did last night. However, they look good for what they look good. Carmelo only took 16 shots, which is uh, something pretty special for them. And uh, Amari had 13 and 6 last night. Take it. Yeah. Take it, take it, take it. And if, if he stays healthy, I mean, Miami's, Miami would beat them. But Indiana, especially with all the turmoil that's going on there, we might see a, uh, you know, a catastrophic collapse in, uh, in Indianapolis. The collapse is with the Phoenix Suns. What is going on with the Phoenix Suns? That's the collapse. You, you're at home against the uh, Los Angeles Clippers uh, in the playoff run. Now, granted, you're playing against some of the better teams in this in your so? uh, in this conference. I say you got yeah. you playing. Well, you know what? When you say so, I agree with you 100. percent That's why I say so to a lot of uh, when someone say, "Well, that's not a better team," or or the Sixers shouldn't be winning when they, they lost what 30 something 29, 29, 26, 29 straight. 20, yeah. Well, tied a franchise record of losing, not a franchise, tied a league record. record with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I say so to that also. So I understand what you mean when you say that because those grown men should find a way to win a basketball game, even though this is a rebuilding year, even though everyone knew about the rebuilding year but the players, the coaches, the organization knew about this. And I say so to that. So the Phoenix Suns in a the situation they are in, understanding they're in a three-way tie with uh, Memphis and Dallas, you have to win these games, regardless of who you comes in. You got to win these games at home. They would have been in the seventh seed, half game out of the sixth spot, if they won last night. Yeah, because uh, Golden State lost. Yeah, Golden State lost. Dallas lost yesterday, yep. uh, two days ago, and Memphis lost last night. I mean, it's not you can't give these away up seventeen in the third quarter, seventeen right. point lead in the third quarter. We will take a quick break. We will come back. We finish up basketball, and we will get into some football. Probably a little bit of Johnny Manziel. Some things Deion Sanders said, and I need to know what that means. Kwame Black Sports Talk, Alex Clancy. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, 
you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Lots of Sports Talk. Alex Clancy is in the studio with me. We were talking some NBA basketball, a little bit of the New York Knicks and how they emerging to be one of those teams that can possibly do some damage, irregardless of how they play during a regular season, if they can stay at number eight spot which seems to be the case because the Atlanta Hawks has fallen off, uh, losing games that they should win. Uh, we talk about teams losing games that they should win, like the Atlanta Hawks, the Phoenix Suns losing games they should win at home. Knowing the situation they are in, in that final spot of eighth seed with the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies, I think Memphis Grizzlies right now holds the tiebreaker between mm-hmm. the three. So if it was to... Uh, if it was to end today, the Memphis Grizzlies would play the San Antonio Spurs, Oklahoma City Thunder, who we haven't talked about in a while, but they are always right there, and that may be a good thing for them. We'll play the Dallas Mavericks. Golden State lose, lost yesterday to the San Antonio Spurs. Phoenix Suns, all they had to do was win, and I say that as it's as easy as me sitting here. Um, then they would have moved up to the seventh seed, I believe. Golden State Warriors plays the Clippers, who the Clippers – beat who the Suns lost to yesterday. And then you go down to the Houston Rockets and the Portland Trailblazers. I think this the West is more of an interesting conference to watch during this playoff time than so the East. You yeah, I, you know what? I don't necessarily agree. I think, I mean, they're all good teams in the West. Like, uh, the top eight are good teams. Nobody wants to see Golden State. The Clippers definitely don't want to see Golden State I, in the I first round. I want to see Golden State. Remember, I talked about them hard last year. Yeah, no, no, no. no they don't want to play them. That's oh, what I'm oh, saying. Oh, These guys, nobody, nobody in the West wants to play Golden State. Just because you don't know what's going to happen, Jermaine O'Neal healthy, they, Andrew yeah. Bogut healthy, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, they're going to come. They're going to f- pull through at some point O'Neal's and beat somebody. Playing. Yeah, he's, he's still playing, and he's playing at a higher level. Um, in the East, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Is Toronto for real? Chicago, Brooklyn. The way Brooklyn looked last night, are they as good as their record would indicate? Who is Washington? I mean, Washington hasn't made the playoffs in what ten years. So, and, and a lot of those teams in the middle. Like the three, six, seven seeds, uh, Charlotte, Washington, Toronto. Who, who the hell are they? So are you saying that the East will be a better team? Uh, I, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm more intrigued because they're the usual suspects in the West every year. Yeah, the top eight teams are the top eight teams every year, seemingly, except for the Lakers that, that aren't in contention this year. Obviously. I'm looking how Portland was one of those teams early in the year that shot lights out. They had, a, they have a great record still in the fifth seed. That I don't think they were relinquished that spot. Regardless what those other teams of Golden State and uh, Dallas, uh, Memphis do. Yeah, they're pretty safe. They're only yeah. a game out of the four seed, and that's huge for Portland mm-hmm. because right. playing at home is their ultimate. It's like playing in Utah. Yes. It's like you have this home field advantage, With home Stockton court advantage. And Malone was there. Yeah, I mean, it's, and obviously that was in, uh, in altitude, but we won't, we won't put that, we won't hold that against them. Portland, the Rose, I mean, that is a that's, and tough that's, place to play. And that's why I say, if I'm watching the playoffs and I and I got a choice, which I do, but the Western Conference is one I sit at the bar and watch uh, because of because of what because of Portland team because of Golden State, uh, as you mentioned, no one wants to see them. 
uh, because you're getting a lot of guys healthy and they can go on another run. They fell into a buzzsaw last year against the San Antonio Spurs. That was a more veteran team. This this guy, this team, Golden State Warriors, is another year mature. So to see what they do this year and how far they go and it would be against the Clippers, that is, that is, that's a good matchup. And they have Andre Iguodala now. Yeah. And so that's I mean, a good matchup. Yeah. I, and, okay, so... What better basketball is going to be played? What more? What fun basketball to watch? What is going to be more fun to watch? Western Conference. What intrigues me more is the Eastern Conference Toronto because there's Raptors, so much variability. Toronto they're, Raptors and Washington Wizards. They're, they're just it, there's so much uncertainty. Which who, with with who's going to show up in the playoffs and who isn't? Is veteran leadership going to take over with Brooklyn with KG and Paul Pierce? Is Indiana going to fold? Are the Knicks going to do anything? Is Miami just going to run through the playoffs and win another championship? Mm, so many mm-hmm. storylines. It's going to be a win-win in the. West because they're going to be good matchups regardless of who plays who. The Brooklyn Nets took KG, in my opinion, KG and Kevin uh, Paul Pierce to com- combat the Miami Heat. Yeah, I mean, and, you could have sat them all year. Yeah. And then played the last 20 games of the year uh, in the playoffs. And it would have been great. And they yeah. would have got up for that game like they were in Boston. Now, the game to watch on the East for me will be the Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. So whomever comes out of that that game, that next team better watch out. Who, who will be that next team? Probably the Miami Heat. No, yeah, it would probably be the Miami Heat, uh, Indiana Pacers. Um, they probably sweet. No, Indiana Pacers will have a tough decision, tough game on their second game. Uh, it, the second round in the East. in the Eastern Conference yeah. is going to be difficult, regardless. Especially if, like, say Brooklyn drops, they're only a game and a half up on wa- excuse me Washington for the sixth seed. If they beat Toronto, I mean, if you have Chicago and Brooklyn not play each other in the first round, mm-hmm. that's going to be difficult for Indiana and Miami because at least they'll knock one of each other out if they play the 4-5 matchup. I mean, it's, and, and that's why I'm so intrigued because there's so much uncertainty with how good these teams are. Yeah, that's going to be fun to watch, uh, especially that last game against Miami and Indiana Pacers. When we get into some uh, football right now. You tell me what this means. Well, two things. Deion Sanders thinks that uh, the Texans should take Johnny Manziel Number one, because he had filled the stadium. Is that the only reason you would take somebody? I know a lot of teams do it, but the franchise that went from what was it, thirteen and three, to never to showing up at all last year, fourteen, and now you want to take a guy to fill seats, or you want to take a guy to win games, and those seats are filled because you're winning games. I didn't, I don't agree with that in this day and time. I've seen not it with before. the number one overall pick, <clears throat> not with the number one overall. You trade for a guy like that. But the number one overall pick is the number one overall pick is a guy as a is a guy you plan on keeping for about five to seven you, years. You take Jadavian Clowney. I think with all of the mock drafts that have happened, Blake Bortles, number one. Johnny Manziel, number one. Teddy Bridgewater, number one. Jadavian Clowney, number one. Who cares? He still take, has the number one pick. Take the biggest, at, take the best available athlete in the draft, and that is Jadavian Clowney. To put up with J.J. Watt, you need to be able to play defense to win games. Look at Seattle. Mm-hmm. You need to, I mean, obviously their offense, their offense is pretty similar to Houston, and, and Houston has better receivers. If you can get the defensive lineman core with Jadavian Clowney, it, I mean, it, it just depends on what defense they're going to play. still there. He's the, yeah, he, right. He so you have in. both of those guys together? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And I'll put him on the same side. I feel like it, yeah, I feel like it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to take him because j- the chances of Johnny Manziel being a bust are much higher than Jadavian Clowney being a bust, in my opinion. Well, if they let him sit, I see him a bust if he come in and play right away. And depending on who team, what team he go to, and that would be probably the the Houston Texans. Uh, and I'll look at the draft in a second. What does this mean to you? Because this kind of uh, shook me a little bit. And I know these words are said a lot that uh, Johnny Manziel has, and I'm doing my quotes. You can't see Radio Land. 
ghetto tendencies. This is from Deion Sanders. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know why. I don't know. I do know what it means, but it, don't, it doesn't fit for the for a guy, Johnny Manziel. Now, we're talking about his tendencies, but what that has to do with him being number one? Did Deion Sanders believes Johnny Manziel has ghetto tendencies. Does that have to do with the autograph should, thing? Should be number one. I don't know. I, I mean, I have no I idea. I know a lot of people sign autographs yeah. from you know, all colors and all places. Right. But the ghetto, ghetto is a lower poverty. It, people want to say it's an act or an action. It's a lower poverty neighborhood that was designed to put certain people in a certain place. That's in and have a building fund, not a building fund you raise money, a building fund where it's assisted living, uh, if you will. That's just a... a general overall but it's a whole lot more to go into it but for him to say something like that uh and he should be number one it's just that doesn't go hand in hand with um what i who i think johnny manziel is johnny manziel became a fan of this guy because of what he did this year and where he come from as his background i thought that was perfect because you had somebody who can fight the ncaa you had somebody who has just just as much money, um, his background, not him himself, who had enough to pull. If you want to go to court about this, let's go to court about this. How are you going to – we take this always to the Supreme Court. And it's already bad press that the NCAA, that the collegiate student-athlete or the athletic student cannot work, <clears throat> cannot work while he or she is in school. Uh, so now you're telling me he or she can't provide himself with enough, a financial means by selling the jersey that has his name on it or going out and doing some stuff. Now, I think Johnny Manziel should account for his own actions because if you decide to do something and go somewhere, then you can act accordingly. A lot of people do it. Just because you go into a a Grammy Award, you don't have to act crazy when you're there. You don't have to act, get their attention, go there and go for what everybody go for, the atmosphere, the, uh, the energy. But for Dion to say something like that, I don't understand. And for even, even to be... Number one pick to sell tickets. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, no, same. Houston, Texas, Blake Bottles uh, and Johnny Manziel, as far as quarterback, but I'm still a Jadavion Clowney fan as far as that he should go number one. Yeah. Not because he wants to go number one. No, I yeah, know. Well, I mean, that he, he's supposed to say that. Uh, I just, I, I think that it's interesting now uh, because I always, when I said that Johnny Manziel should go number one, I said this weeks back. When they had Ben Tate and Arian Foster, now Ben Tate's in Cleveland. Yep. So they don't have that uh, two-headed monster. I mean, I, I know they have Dennis Johnson in the backfield, and I'm sure they'll pick somebody else up through the draft or something. Free agency. But, it, but Arian Foster and Ben Tate is the best support system for a young quarterback. Having two running backs they can give the ball to 20 times a game. Having only Arian Foster, Which who, who is injury-prone without Ben Tate behind him, is a little bit more problematic. And Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins are fine. Gr- uh, Garrett Graham is a good tight end. And Ben Tate would have allowed me to say that Johnny Menzel would be a good first pick if he was still there, but he is not. Yeah, but, you know, a, a lot of teams should, should do that anyway. I don't care who's the quarterback. You got a two-headed monster at the running back, and I always, and I always go back to the uh, Carolina Panthers. Well, well, now you look at the Carolina Panthers, you got a quarterback who's having surgery after the Pro Bowl. Why go to the Pro Bowl if you know your ankle was messed up? Get the surgery fixed. What's more important, a flag football game or the franchise of that team that you're leading the face of. What or, about the or, 50 or grand your, that you or, get or going to the legacy. game? Yeah, yeah who, the 50 grand is going to do not anything for Well, him. I mean, he hasn't got a big contract yet, has he? I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, look that up. Look that up. Um, 
Well, I, I don't know. If they let Jadavion Clowney get to the same, second round to St. Louis, then it's going to be problems in the West. Because we already said the, the NFC West <clears throat> was one of the toughest conferences, but you now you, you allow the St. Louis Rams to stock their defense up. And their offense wasn't bad, even with the backup quarterback. Yeah, Cam's only, it's, Cam's still on his rookie deal. He's making 3.3 next year. I mean, which is fine. It's, it's a lot of money. No, it's not. <laughs> I know, but, a lot of but, but, street, but, a lot of but he, money. he hasn't got the Mac Daddy contract yet that, that he deserves now. Mac Daddy contract. That's what we call it. That sounds like ghetto tennis. No, stop it. <laughs> Just call me Johnny. <laughs> I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. I'm going to um, ask you when we, give, when we get back from break. Washington Redskins, the uh, the situation there. What number is he going to wear now? Ooh. Kwamela Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Anything about 888-346-9144. We are back talking NFL. We were talking Johnny Manziel. We'll we'll put that to bed. Jadavion Clowney, he participated in Pro Day yesterday. With the pool growing, it looked like a pool growing because everyone said it was a good workout. But what I was looking at was he's favoring one side or the other. Yeah. To the other. Uh, but they said it was a good workout, and this is why we're talking about this guy being the number one pick out of his third year. Couldn't come out last year because of uh, he had to make sure the NCAA benefited from his uh <laughs> his presence. Which they didn't. They didn't. He didn't they he didn't, didn't play all. very well. <clears throat> and and I, that, those are some questions that he will have to answer doing uh, and I'm sure he did. And a lot of his interview sessions with these GMs and these coaches and these some of these scouts, the Vikings and the Saints and the Colts, 2018 Super Bowl. That could be where the next one is. Yeah, because um, Minnesota is 
uh, building their new stadium now, an outdoor stadium in Minnesota. That's lofty, you isn't know, it? You know what? Because that, that's real cold. That's Canada cold up there. That's 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 Buffalo cold. That's, I guess Buffalo's outside too. That's stupid to me. You but, you had it in New York, and it was it turned out okay. Game day, it was perfect. And, it was majestic. Yeah, and this it was good football weather. I say, but if you just said walking around, you walking around New York, you got those buildings to protect you also. So that's in the city. This is not going to be in the city. But to have a cold weather football, you want to go back to what was it, Green Bay and Dallas, I believe, Green Bay and Kansas City game. Ice bowl, yeah, ice bowl. You that's just don't make sense. But they figured they got away with one in uh, New York, so the marketing part of it, they can they can pull it off. And plus, being in Minnesota, it's going to be in a dome. But the travel, the things that you have to do outside of the city, I know it generates a lot of money for these certain NFL towns. Uh, you know, it's here this year. By this year, I mean 2015. It's this year's season here in Glendale, Arizona, um, which it does a lot for the town, as I was saying, as far as the uh, marketing, the, the money, the... the um, the business, the growth of the businesses out here, um, more jobs during that time. But to have it in cold weather places is just silly. Well, I mean, and it's interesting because the Minnesota Stadium will be an outdoor stadium. So I think they'll probably, yeah. I don't think they're going to have a retractable anything. I think it's going to be, I hey, don't even know why. it's cold. Why is it outdoor? Why, do you, why are they building an outdoor stadium? Because, to because they've had a dome for the last 60 years. They've had a dome forever. Yeah, before the and dome, it, though, they played outdoors. Yeah, okay. So then the dome... Uh, so, so the dome is old. They're building a brand new, state of the art outdoor stadium. We haven't had a winter Super Bowl yet. That doesn't count. <laughs> it was happened to be winter. It happened to be in New York. Winning, there was no snow at the yes, end. Yes, correct. It was not. Na- it was not zero degrees and snowing. That's what Roger Goodell was looking for in New York. But the know, weather was crap. You know what they, that's going to be? A regular football game in the wintertime. Yeah, but but I mean, I understand. Say you know, say Green Bay makes a Super Bowl. It'll yield more. It'll gear more towards cold weather teams, allowing them to show that they play a game at home or whatever for the eight games when it's freezing outside so you know it gives them a little benefit of the doubt because tougher games it doesn't matter how good you are in the cold it's tougher to play in the cold is it not Th- then in a you dome than in perfect when, weather when you're losing but that, but it goes back to your point you was making about uh the houston texans and their running game if you got a running game with two running backs uh and it take the pressure off the quarterback having to throw the ball quarterbacks who have that tight sparrow is not a problem for them but it is it turns into a running game. It turns into a Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. Yeah, but do you want it to be like the Philadelphia-Detroit game? Remember when there was six inches of snow on the ground? Everybody was slip-sliding everywhere because that's what it potentially could that's be like. That's what it's going to be. If, you have, if you're talking about a winter Super Bowl, as you as you mentioning, that's probably what it's going to be in Minnesota. In Minnesota. I don't, I don't, want, it to go, I don't want it to be an Indy again. It's cold in Minnesota right now. And we, I'm complaining about... Or yesterday I was complaining about it raining yesterday. <laughs> it was forty eight degrees. But I was raining. Oh yeah, my fingers were cold. My, it was raining and my fingers were cold. And I said, but I was up in Desert Mountain, so it's always ten degrees colder up there. Um, a Super Bowl in Minnesota just doesn't make sense to me. Robert Griffin, Robert Griffin the third, likes Deshaun Jackson deal, but says we haven't won anything yet. Both of these guys wear number 10. What number is uh, Deshaun Jackson going to wear? Because I know Robert Griffin's not giving up his number. He's the quarterback, so-called face of the franchise. You don't like the deal of getting rid of Kurt, Kurt Cousins. Yeah. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but they're shopping but, him. But it will happen. They just signed Col- uh, Colt, Colt McCoy. McCoy. Jesus. That it, could be Johnny Manziel. 
I'm just I'm just saying Johnny Manziel could be Colt McCoy Jr. He's smaller, coming out of a big college, University of Texas. Colt McCoy, he had he broke all the records for percentages in college, all the touch. I mean, he broke a lot of records in college. He was very efficient. He was very cerebral, but he hasn't done jack in the NFL. He hasn't done jack, and that could be Johnny Manziel. Uh, you know what? It wasn't for you, Colt McCoy, right? Yeah. Don't you think he was playing well, and then they drafted Benjamin Buttons? Brandon um, <laughs> um, Whedon? Yeah. Don't you think he was he was coming to his? I thought he was coming to his own. One thing I didn't like about McCoy is the final game of his collegiate year. Oh God, when he choked. Well, Not no, just he, choked. Separate, he got he, hurt. Yeah, he got hurt because he was scared. You get hurt when you're scared. If you play with no fear, it's hard to get hurt. Yeah. When you're scared, it's te- you tend when to When he separated his shoulder, it was like the second play of the game. <laughs> yes. I don't think he wanted to play. Yeah, Mark Ingram just he ran was, all over everybody. And their yeah. backup quarterback almost came back and won from three touchdowns yes. down or two touchdowns down. Now, put McCoy in that situation. It's probably not a three-touchdown oh, yeah. situation. No, that would have been. But they win the game. Oh, yeah. possibly win the game because Alabama was playing ball. Yeah. Mark Ingram, Mark just Ingram. such a beast. He is still He's is today, and they had Trent Richardson too. Yes, right? Yeah, Trent Richardson's the backup. Yeah, yes, yeah. That, yes. I mean, that's un, that's not even fair. Okay, you telling me? Um, you I think don't, you don't you don't like the deal. What the, for Kirk Cousins to go? No, for Kirk Cousins to go. And, uh, and I'm a Kirk Cousins fan from Michigan State. Yep. Uh, came in and did very. He was more than serviceable when RG three came in. But RG three, the reason why you can make this deal now because he doesn't have to run. They got Andre Robertson from the Cardinals. Cardinals shouldn't let, not let him go, but they, they know more than we do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just signed Deshaun Jackson. You have uh, Pierre Garçon over there. We talked about the Washington Redskins bad for the years that they didn't have a receiver core over there. Right. So the quarterback was doing a lot of running because their receivers couldn't get separation from the defensive back. It was fun playing against those guys when the receiver can't get separation. Now they have the receiver core, but then the quarterback doesn't have to run. A quarterback who can throw, if you listen to, if you at about, I say, 20 yards away from him and you're in the same place and you throw the ball, you can hear that sizzling in the air. And I heard it over at uh, XO API. And I'm like, what is that noise buzzing? This is a guy throwing a football. This is how strong his ears, his, uh, his tight sparrow is, his arm is. Also, a quarterback like that, as you mentioned, as you was alluding to as far as cold weather, can throw in the cold weather. But now he doesn't have to run, so that deal makes sense. He that's can sit back. That's that he can sit back. And, and they throw have the Alfred ball. Morris too. I understand. And Alfred Morris even coming yeah. back, just please give him the ball more mm-hmm. and and have a balanced team. Just as long as these receiver calls that we know receivers to be divas, as uh, long as they understand that we are winning games. This game might be the Sean Jackson game. This game might be Robertson's game, or the next game might be Pierre Garçon game. If you're willing to say we winning and we getting the ball, and each of us have 58 catches throughout the year, but Alfred Morris got off. He was the reason why this stuff was allowed to happen because he ran the ball so well, and we made a commitment to run. Let RG3 orchestrate that offense, or Gruden, if you will, um, orchestrate that offense the way he did it in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a mistake, though, if they're going to get rid of Kirk Cousins because Washington could turn from, just hypothetically speaking, a Peyton Manning Denver Broncos to a Tim Tebow Denver Broncos with Colt McCoy as your backup if you get rid of Kirk Cousins. I'm telling you, because you still need a quarterback to throw the ball, and RG3 hasn't, ever since, ever since he stayed on the field too long, at the end of his rookie year, he hasn't been the same. Okay, so yes, maybe he's not using the brace anymore. He could be one hit away. He's still going to scramble. 
It's still in his DNA to scramble, so that doesn't mean that he's not going to get popped one. I think that it's too early to get rid of Kirk Cousins for many reasons. Look at look at Aaron Rodgers behind uh, Brett Favre. I'm not comparing the two duos. I'm not. But it, you have to learn before you can go be a starter, especially because Kirk Cousins doesn't do anything especially well. He's a good game manager, but he's not anything that can go start somewhere right now and take your team to 12 wins. There isn't. But as an insurance policy, I think he's fantastic. And I don't think that they should get rid of him yet. I, I, I really, it really doesn't make much sense to me unless it's economical, which I would understand then to bring Deshaun Jackson in, to bring Andre Robertson, and bring Colt McCoy in on, for well, pennies on the dollar. They have to bring these guys in. You, if you remember, to get RG3, they had to trade a bunch of picks up to, to get this guy, to make him the second yeah, they round. they sold pick. their soul. Yeah, um, if you will. Um, they don't even have a pick in the first round. So you have to get these guys. You have to make these trades. You have to trade a guy like Kirk Cousin, who's very valuable, who's, in my opinion, is a first-round guy. You can get a first-round from him. But even if you got a second-round from him, you can you can up your stock with what you need as far as the offensive line, okay. as far as somewhere on that defense. Uh, that defense played well last year. The offense, in my opinion, let those guys down uh, because of this quarter, quarterback situation, the up and down is RG. RG3 was not healthy, in my opinion. He should have never been playing. Kirk Cousins should have came in as the starter that year once we found out that RG3 wasn't the guy he was. And he's supposed to be the franchise, and you made all these moves to get him. You lost all your draft picks. He's supposed to be the franchise. But then let your franchise player get healthy for this year, this year coming up. Yeah, and, and what is his pain threshold? How much can he play through? That's a good question because he got hurt at Baylor too, right? He did he have knee surgery at Baylor? He did. So these are this is two knee surgeries before the age of twenty five. How many knee surgeries has Cam Newton had? I guess it's a bad time to do it. Well, I had but two like, before the age of twenty five. And well, I, but I'm and I'm a defensive back, so that's more as a quarterback. We didn't think about his knee surgery when we saw him run down that sideline and leave the right, whole defense. Right, that seventy-seven yarder yes. or whatever. Yeah, we didn't we didn't say anything about his knee surgery. So obviously he can come back from that. The, the good thing about you mentioned, I hear you on both. I hear you on one side of it, but think about this side. He he will have two knee surgeries, possibly three. I think he's three because he had to go back in. Anytime you got to go in there and clean it out, and that's a surgery. Yeah. So let's say three. Before the age of twenty-five, the good thing about that is he's twenty-five. He can come back from that, and he's a quarterback. He doesn't have to plant and cut and break and jump and do the things that defensive backs and linebackers have mm-hmm. to do or receivers have to do. If he was a receiver, then we'd be talking about how many more years this guy have. He's a quarterback. He can wear braces on both knees and still get his job done because I don't want you run. I don't want him running anyway. Yeah, he looked like, but he looked like uh, Byron Leftwich in the Marshall game when he broke his ankle <laughs> half the year last year. That's a pain threshold right there. You want to talk about some pain no, threshold? I know. Well, that's adrenaline mid game. I mean, I would give yeah. him the pain threshold too. Yeah, that guy right there. But. What if he gets hit? What if he gets hit low? Somebody falls into his knee and he doesn't hurt himself, but it tweaks. What if he gets scared? Deborah, like, what if, like, a lot of things can go into this for a young guy that has already had the injuries. And, I mean, I, you know what? You're right. If, if Gruden knows anything, he knows to keep him behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and I think that's what you're going to do. I think we got we to gotta talk about Robert Morris. We got to talk about giving him the ball. I, I now like how the Washington Redskins look. As far as that receiver core, I like how it looked. You're going to get the um, tight end back. You're going to get your tight end back. That looks like a team. You remember the um, the old San Francisco 49ers? You remember the Dallas Cowboys when they had a two running, a running, a fullback running back, yeah. two receivers, and a tight end, a yeah. Tom Rathman? Or that w- this is what the Washington Redskins look like. I didn't see the, anything in the East that looks even better than this. 
I'm looking at the East right now. I'm looking at the Giants. Well, I, I don't see anybody that's going to that's gonna change my perception from what they were last year. I don't see it other than Manning, uh, Eli Manning coming bouncing back. He has to bounce back. I don't see anything in Philadelphia um, that they have a draft. They, maybe they do some things in the draft and, and they still stay right there in that hunt. Dallas, I'm not looking for Dallas to do anything, but they probably be right there in the mix. We'll come back we'll talk, and we'll talk and finish up a little football. Baseball, maybe tomorrow. Kwamala Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk. 888-346-9144 is the number. This is our last segment. We were talking about the NFL. We could get into a little baseball. We could say that the Diamondbacks are 1-4, and four, and there's no need to panic. Um, we could say the Diamondbacks pitching two starting pitchers are now having Tommy John surgery. We could say the Diamondbacks, um, their, their bullpen is supposed to be one of the best bullpens in the league, but when you nope, <laughs> when you're asking your bullpen to be starters, though, that changes up a whole dynamics of it. We could say the Diamondbacks being one and four had a lot to do with the Diamondbacks. It doesn't. Look who they play. The one and four has to do with the pitchers they went against. Now you should have some hitters over there, but when you consistently going against the best pitchers every game, every for the five games you played, and you were able to pull off a game, I think it was San Diego they beat. Uh, when you were able to do that. Then you become a team that's four and one as opposed to one and four, and I think it's still early in the year because they have 162 games, 182, 162, 162 games. God, a long season. A long, long season for the Diamondbacks. So we're not we're not counting the Diamondbacks out. Not as yet. This is nowhere near. We haven't even got to the All Star break, <laughs> uh, but we will watch them. The Phoenix Suns now. On the other hand of things, we do want to see that team get into the playoff, but it really doesn't matter because whomever 
is in that AFC. It's going to be going in five games. Uh, I believe against the San Antonio Spurs could be a, a total sweep um, in that game. Talking about the Washington Redskins in there and what they did over there, Deshaun Jackson, this was a great move. Uh, it's just going to be a headache for two games with the, for the Philadelphia Eagles that this guy's over there. Are uh, they going to make it a point, which I hope they don't, to target this guy when they play the Philadelphia Eagles? You stay in your game plan. When you start doing things like that, you mess up a lot of stuff. Let's just say you have a great game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, whomever they play next, he's going to want that ball again. And now you got two other guys in Andre Robinson who I thought – was a great compliment to Fitzgerald over here in um in Arizona at the for the Cardinals, but the the Arizona Cardinals does have um a good receiver over there that they got out of uh, Notre Michael, da- Floyd. Michael Floyd, uh, what it was Notre Dame mm-hmm. got out of Notre Dame. He's coming to his own now, so it's easy to make those moves like that. And and if Andre Robson saw that there was a a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in, in D.C., then you go do what you have to do for yourself. Deshaun Jackson has a three-year deal, 24, I believe, 16 of that guarantee. It's a great deal. I mean, well, it's a great it's deal a for great Washington. Deal. Yeah, it's a great for deal. For people that overpay. Yeah. I mean, didn't they give Garcon 40 mil? And they gave him a lot of money. And Deshaun Jackson was 26? Yeah, and and he's had more 40-yard receptions than anybody in the league. I think he has 35 since 2008, since, yeah. his, since he's come in the league. Last year he had eight, I believe, and um, Washington Redskins yeah. had four. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, t- I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> he had eight. The whole team, the whole Offense for Washington had four. Um, so that was a great move. That's a great buy. It's probably one of the best buys they had in a long time without, yeah. without overpaying somebody or paying this guy equal to his talent, which you know you probably would get. There's a greater chance you would get equal amount of um, service from uh, Deshaun Jackson as you paid in the money. So I, I think that was a great move. Well, you better believe if he has a Pro Bowl year like he did this year, he's going he's gonna to ask for restructuring. He's going to ask for extension starting next year. Yeah, that's, that's the bad part about football because I don't really have a, a – I don't feel a certain way about it, except that they, he has a great year and he's playing off the, he's playing off a Nana would be a sixteen million guarantee. It's twenty four million total. He goes to the Pro Bowl. Going to the Pro Bowl is not a, a big thing. I, I say this, and, and I say that to say this that if you go to the Pro Bowl, then your numbers better be better than every receiver in the game, uh, in two or three categories. Then that only makes sense to me to come back and ask for reconstruction because if it's not, and you at the bottom three, and two or three categories, then the team can say, well, we're gonna go in a different situation. Yeah. So it works both ways. So I don't really. It, it seems arrogant, or man, why don't you just play out the three-year deal? It seems that you can say that. At the same time, it's like you the bottom three. You Deshaun Jackson. You the bottom three of the category, two out of three categories as a receiver. We want some of our money back. Or we're going to go in another direction. We feel like, I don't know if you want to bounce back or we don't have that time, that patience. So I don't. It, it's both ways um, as a player and as maybe a, a franchise, you can look at it. But hopefully he stayed there the three years or maybe this team come to him and say, let's rip this contract up because you're in the two or three categories top and we feel like you want, we want you here for the long term. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it'll be interesting because of that dynamic with RG3 and Pierre Grosson that they could be, it could be, Catastrophically bad, because who knows? It's Washington, and and we haven't pr- they haven't proven anything. Yes, they made the playoffs two years ago. That's fine, but if Deshaun Jackson can swallow his pride and be a compliment to Pierre Garcon, which I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a Victor Cruz to Akeem Nix when Akeem Nix was relevant. I think he's going to be that guy. They might put him in the slot. They can put him anywhere. He'll be returning punts. He'll be returning thing. I mean, he's 
they can put him in many different situations, but I still do believe Pierre Garçon's the number one because RD3 and him have that camaraderie already. So if he can handle that, then I think that he could he could finish his career as a Redskin. Would you swallow your pride? If you prideful of, of your ability, your talent, would you swallow your pride? He hasn't tasted winning. If it allows him to win, Who has I believe so. Deshaun Jackson. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. The Washington Redskins lost eight straight last year, so he want to he want to feel like he's one of those guys to come in. But we looked at the Washington Redskins as a as a debacle. The, the year before that, they got into the playoffs with a rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, beat Dallas uh, last year. I think that's a game they lost was to Dallas. Dallas gets Dallas getting in playoff. Dallas. No, it was Philly and Dallas. Philly and Dallas. Um, yeah, for the and playoff. Tony Romo threw an interception. Right. <laughs> Tony Romo at his best. So Washington Redskins was three and thirteen last year. So on so, paper, the Redskins are uh, thirteen and three. Yeah, I mean, uh, on paper, they're a top ten or top twelve team. I would say on paper, they're the number one team in the NFC East. I still give I still give it to Philly. I like Philly. It, uh, maybe Nick Foles has an awful year, but I think that if they do the same thing as last year with the addition of Darren Sproles, I think that that will be. You know Even what? if they lose Deshaun Jackson, which they did, they have Jeremy Macklin back, who's more. I think he can do more things than just run fast and catch. I think Deshaun Jackson is an electric player, but Jeremy Macklin is more of a, a traditional receiver who's big, who's got good hands, who can get in the end zone. And, and we'll see what the Philadelphia Eagles draft because they would also talk about the receiver. And I forgot about Darren Sproles being over there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I like Philadelphia. Uh, but I was talking on paper. On paper, they look like the team. I don't think the uh, Nick Foles will have a bad year. If he just do what he did last year, he have he, that's a good year. Yeah. He, uh, if well, I'm I mean, not mistaken, he tied one of Peyton Manning's touchdown records yeah. last year. Um, you got Shady McCoy. You got a guy you handed the ball off, Darren Sproles. You got guys in Darren Sproles. You got guys in Shady McCoy who's going to play with attitude and play with their pride and play with their ego yeah. because Darren Sproles felt like he should have never left out of New Orleans. Oh. He should have never left San Diego. And and the run the rushing champ in uh, Shady McCoy. Oh, he's he my favorite like, player. Right. He feel like, why are we not in the playoffs? Yeah. No, well, and here's the thing. To answer your question about do you think they'll target him? No, probably not. I, I, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. I agree with Tar- you. Target who? That, that Philly won't target Deshaun Jackson when he comes back because that goes against everything that Chip Kelly released him for mm-hmm. that, because he wants a college fun atmosphere with that team, with the offense that they run. It's a fun team to watch. It must be a super fun team to play for. So why would you l- drop yourself to that level with the quote-unquote potential gang affiliation that Deshaun Jackson had? I'm not sure if that's why they released him or if they just want to go in a different direction I'll Together. Well, I thought he was a hypocrite in a way. In that sense of um, just on that little bit statement, you, the part of that statement you made as far as his— uh, Chip Kelly? Yes, as far as um, his gang reflection. He was he was in Oregon. That's all he recruited out of that neighborhood. That's that's where he recruited. You look on that roster, there's not a lot of guys from Oregon. If they are, they're not playing on that—they're not on the field. He went to L.A. He went to South Central and got a lot of those guys. He knew the, he knew the lifestyle that these guys had and where they come from. You cannot ask a guy, and why would you— uh, it maybe maybe you can, uh, and I and maybe I know the reasons why you would. But a guy, as your friend, who who kept you out of a game, and maybe he's in a game who kept you out of it because he saw the potential in what you was able to do a lot. And I say allow you to go to college and then allow you to become pro and still still kept you away from me. You want me to say that's not my friend anymore just because I know a guy who's in a game now. 
is right for what the Philadelphia did say that he was gang of related, gang affiliated, because uh, he knows some guys. Of course, he knows some guys. Them same guys that die for him, the same guys yeah. that kill for him. Uh, but you wouldn't know that, Chip Kelly. And actually, you act like you don't know it because, but you really do. You understand that. So you was looking for a reason to get. Yeah, rid of I him. think that was unfair. Now, now if, if if his actions weren't being affiliated with those guys and out there doing what they doing, yeah, get rid of them. I don't need that on my team. He went to Cal. He he's a student <laughs> in the game. He he got good grades, obviously, because he got in the Cal. So yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, and yes, this is becoming more and more prevalent that you can't you can't judge anything until you know the person. AKA. And you said that forever. Also, no, Richard Sharman. Kwame Lasso. Right, we gotta talk about that tomorrow. Yes, Kwame Lasso Sport Talk, Alex Clancy. We have to get out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I am actually going to San Antonio, so I might be in here for 30 minutes. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. <laughs>